When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. You could uh, turn Safe Search back on the computer now, Jay, and uh, <laughs> okay. get get off those pictures of Jennifer Lawrence, please. <laughs> for once, for once. They're not even that good. They're well, disappointing. I wouldn't know. No, neither would I. But I hear the disappointment. The ones on the chair looking back. Did someone else take that, or did she? T- yeah, who? Who? Yeah, so I think someone else. Anyway. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm getting distracted again. Let's get into this. Um, hands in. Are you ready for this, boys? Yeah. Podcast week two of the season, season two, episode three. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. 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 We have got another mammoth Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. Thank you very much for listening, downloading. Why don't you subscribe and then you don't have to think about actually searching for it and all the rest of it. We'll just make sure it's delivered straight to you. That's what a lot of people have been doing this last week. We've been seeing the stats and thank you and welcome if you're a brand new listener to the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. And thank you very much as well for all the... uh, comments and feedback and we'll do our best to shape the podcast to make it one you want to listen to so itunes if you give us your feedback and comments and give it a rating i'd be much appreciated i'm tim he's jb good day tim and that is phil hi tim oh man what another weekend of rugby yeah indeed it's just getting better isn't it yeah and and gloucester won incredible what did we say last week we said the most entertaining game and one of the most intriguing would be Sale Gloucester that was our match of the week that was our match up of the weekend wasn't it yeah Uh, last week we know we know a little bit about rugby anyway a little bit but we don't we don't take it or ourselves too seriously we're just here to chat about rugby the game we all love and uh, and let's get cracking with that then I want to find out what your pick of the weekend was Wasps Northampton talk to me about Wasps Northampton uh, I managed to watch the whole thing live uh, on my BT Sport app, which I which I finally got working today, and I watched it in, in the bath, which you tweeted on our Twitter account. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> fantastic. Bit of um, private time for JB with yeah, exactly. uh, you and Ashley, you and your favourite back row in rugby. Oh, what a back row! They are mega. Uh, at one point, Haskell picked up. Uh, Hartley at full charge and just lifted him into touch. That's when the deadlifts really counts. Um, <laughs> it was kind of like 60 minutes of real hard graft for Wasps, real, real impressive defence. And in the end, it paid off with two very, 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 very quick tries back to back. And then Northampton just couldn't quite get back in the game. The Wasps' work rate is awesome. Their back row is awesome. They're, and their ha- second row. Oh, Gaskell. Yeah, yeah, Gaskell and, 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 and Launchbury. Awesome. Gaskell has been a, kind of a, an inspired sign-in because he was always a bit lightweight at sale. So I'll, stop the, I'll stop the music now. That was just for JB <laughs> talking about the uh, back row, the broke-back mounting music. So, sorry, go on, Phil. Yeah, Gaskell was always very, very talented. A little bit lightweight, but he, he looks like he's bulked up by, a, I don't know how much. I'd love to see the stats. Mm. 10 hang, hang around with Haskell. Yeah. So, hey, no, but listen, in pre-season we talked about this, that actually would Wasps be a great move for Gaskell from the point, and I know full well from having spoken to a lot of them, that Sale Sharks fans were gutted to see him go. Absolutely gutted. Rightly so. But we did say... Wasps of all the teams value physical development mm. more so than any other team. More so than Saracens? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Saracens are big into that. It's part of the Wasp culture, isn't it? Just yeah. about about the physical fitness. The wasps have got like a gym in a porter cabin somewhere. Have you, have you seen their gym? <laughs> yeah. It's not. not impressive. It's all spit I've, and sawdust stuff, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I've seen the gym a little bit less than uh, Andy Good has seen the Wasps gym. Yes, exactly. But, uh, like, but like you say, Haskell, Gaskell. God. Uh, Gaskell has added a few kgs, but uh, do you know what? He, he had a great season last year for Sale, but his position isn't number eight. It's great that he can play there or blindside, but second row is where he looked ungainly at eight sometimes. He didn't look very sometimes controlled. he's never going to kind of explode off the base. Well, here's a prediction for you. I think Haskell is in with a serious shout at a regular England starting berth now. 
starting birth. I'm not I having that. He was so good. I'm not. I'm not having that at all. Wait and see. He's been. Hear consi- me now. Believe me later. <laughs> <laughs> he's been consistently in and around the England squad, but only ever starting when they're like injuries and people is, unavailable. He's seen as a bit of a joke, and I mean that because he's always on TV. He's got so many other in- interests. Uh, you know, he's fairly out, fairly outspoken on, on it. Well, not outspoken, but he's fairly jovial. But it seems, for whatever reason it is, now he's got the captaincy, he's just has knuckled down, and he looks great. Last year, I think he might be in the top tackler in the Premiership. Yeah, I think he was. And this is the Premiership, which includes Jack Berger. Wow. <laughs> fact. That's, that's a great fact. Yeah, so he's, you know, he's not to be messed with. I don't think he's a seven. I don't think he's a seven. I don't think you need a seven. How many, how many teams have a true seven? Australia. Australia, probably the only one at the moment. Mm, would you not class Richie McCaw as a seven? Yes. I would. <laughs> Very I much would. So. Uh, I and Bruce, and if Bruce is playing, oh, he's not playing for South Africa at the minute. But No, Francois Lowe is South Africa, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he, I'd like, yeah, exactly. I, I'll, I'll admit the breakdown laws mean that uh, an out and out seven is less is there a advantage. Is the difference between a low type seven and a Haskell type seven? No. Yeah, it's but on the flip side, would you not think maybe Will Fraser is pushing a case just as much as Haskell, albeit we've only seen a couple of games of the season? Yeah, yes. And fair play, you did talk about it last week. Will Fraser, watch out. Yeah, and after after two games, well, he got man of the match uh, this week, and he he played very well last week as well. And he was all over the ball on the floor, and he's like a like a real good seven, like Stefan Armitage and and real good sevens you see they're like limpets they just manage to suck onto the ball exactly. and can't get hit off it yeah. uh, here's a weird one Jackson Ray what what to do with Jackson Ray because he's, he keeps playing well in the most unimpressive way possible <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, like you watch him play oh god he's had a good game he's got he, you know, last game of the season he got two or three tries but then you watch him he, he doesn't stand out I wonder if he's just a product of the system and if he's like a cog which just fits into the Saracens yeah. Borg mechanism or if actually he's you know, just a really good player I'd I say, don't know which one it is I'd say he's he's that in the forwards Chris Wiles is that in the backs so you can slot him in here you can slot him in there he'll, he'll never let you down he'll do a good job but he's never going to be a starting first choice yeah I'd, I'd go with that and Jackson Ray may get some Saxons appearances at, at some point but I can't see him ever making that big step up to, to the, be, the main squad be, but he'll get a lot of premiership appearances yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely Definitely. You know? um, but well, let's talk about that because I, I, I happen to know that Quinn Saris was your pick of the week, Phil. It certainly was. And, and it's my pick of the week. Surprisingly, not Saracen's attack for a team that's got 39 points. It's Saracen's defence that is my pick of the week. Yeah. Because, incredible, their forward pack had only two players who started the, the two finals last year. They made six changes in that starting forward wow. pack. But they were just completely dominant over Quinn's and even late on in the game uh, second half when Quinn's had a load of penalties on Saracen's line Saracen's had a man in the bin mm. and Quinn's were kicking for the corner and driving mall driving mall Saracen's had another man put in the bin Harlequin's had Jack Clifford in the centre so Harlequin's had nine forwards on the pitch Saracen's only had seven yeah. and they couldn't get over the line the, the yeah. defence was just yeah. astonishing Oh, nice. <laughs> it was it, and this is a team that's got who? What, how many players to come back I in? I think though, yeah. feels be a little bit disingenuous here because one because one of the yellow cards was for Charlie Hodgson, so actually improved the defence. <laughs> <laughs> that ten channel really tightened up. Yeah. That, didn't it? We just can't get anywhere. <laughs> did you see? Did you see Charlie Hodgson in the in the when he was chatting afterwards when he came over to Craig Doyle and oh, I forget who else it was, Lawrence Delalio and someone else. But Charlie Hodgson was stood right next to Lawrence Delalio. And I know Lawrence Delalio isn't in the shape he was when he was an England player now. He's big, though, isn't he? He's, he's still big. He's a big frame and a big unit, but he's slimmed right down um, with a lot of cycling and stuff that he does now. Charlie Hodgson next to him looked stacked. Charlie, yeah. He this, looked yeah. really big. I was saying this, Charlie Hodgson looks massive. Yeah, he uh, does look massive. Uh, at the moment. The other thing I was saying say about Quinns is they've employed Deloitte, the... Uh, sorry, system. you mean Saracens? Thank you, Saracens. They've employed Deloitte's to analyse all their data. So they, they've got an analyst who looks at their game, their team performance, and they build up a plan around that. But now they've been looking at the other teams and, and then building the plan around the teams. And this analyst, is uh, some piece about him in The Times, uh, was saying that his best ever bit of work was the dismantling of Claremont. It was all based on, on the intelligence of, wow. what, of what Claremont did. Well, they're, they're dismantling the, the defence... Just completely nullified. Did you see the lineup? All the positives. 
uh, what where they weren't, so they weren't competing. Engaging. Yeah, I did see that. I hate that. I hate it so much. <laughs> there should be like, a rule that you can just do that. What you can just march forward. Yeah, if if, if no one engages. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I, I've I, but I've done that in. In fact, when we were playing together in Broughton Park, and there was a team that did that to us, and I just ran round the, the back, back, took the ball out the back, and passed to our fly half. Yeah. and their their team were like, "You can't do that." But no, you, yes, if, you can. If you haven't engaged, you can. You can it's, just run. You, you can just run around the back. Oh, of course. It's, it's open play. Let me just work this out. Alternatively, alternatively, so either if they if they set a wedge and the defending team at a line out don't engage and just stand off, there's one or two things that can happen. One, either someone from the defending team can just run right round the back, yeah. enter from the, the rear, grab the ball, and off they go. Or, if someone then does engage, yes. it's an instant penalty offside because you're blocking. Oh, obstruction. Uh. Once it's already set with the ball at the back, that is. Yeah. Right. Okay, fine. But anyway, and it's a bit you, complicated. But it is, it is. It's far too complex for me. I, I don't like rules. <laughs> I was, I was only having a conversation today when someone was saying, I, I, I quite like rugby and I quite like rugby players. And they were thinking about their son playing it. And I just don't get it. And actually, conversations like we've just had are the reason why. Exactly the reason. People get put off rugby the, sometimes. Yeah, no, the reason people will get put off rugby is because I watch them like Northampton versus Wasps and they'll see who, who got yellow carded. Like, Ashley Johnson got yellow carded and uh, Corbett Sierra got yellow carded after getting hammered again and the reason was it was a line out that came down Johnson cleared out um, Corpusiero with his big rump he's he's such a strong man he just destroyed him and then on the floor Corpusiero retaliates but he doesn't hit him he almost like hugs him but because he used an open hand he came around the back of his head pulled him down yellow card yellow card who is that benefiting who is that benefiting I mean none of the teams benefit did you see the Nicky Geneva yellow card it was a high tackle using inverted commas. Why are you? How dare you use inverted commas? <laughs> this is your doing. Um, because he, he hit him hard on the chest. Oh, I hate this so much. It, it slipped. He might have just like brushed the underside of his chin. How dare they ruin our game? How dare <laughs> they? Incidentally, on this one, I can't remember if uh, it was last week and we didn't mention this on last week's podcast, Richard Hibbard diving. Oh, oh yes. yeah. We didn't mention it, and it's yeah. an absolute disgrace. That Re- was bad. When Hartley just, it was like shoulder to chest. It, Hartley leaned in, but there was no contact at all, nothing to, to of no, and Hibbard threw himself on the floor like he'd been punched in the head. We had such a packed podcast full of content last week that we uh, we managed to miss that one, and Richard Hibbard, you should have been hanging your head in shame, but Gloucester bounced back with a, a victory against Sale Sharks, and we did pick that one as our game of the round from this weekend. It turned out to be so. Sale had a 17-6 half-time advantage. They'll be disappointed yeah. to let that slip. And Apparently, Cipriani was awesome. Cipriani mm. was star man. Sale scored four tries, so they got uh, two losing bonus points, whereas uh, Gloucester only scored three oh, tries. and we had a man crying as well. A man crying? A man cried on uh, uh, on the pitch. Who? Any guesses? James Simpson Daniel. It was James Simpson Daniel. Oh. He gave his leaving speech. So, very, very sad. 14 years at Gloucester. I know. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame to... It's, so, uh, it's such a waste of an English talent. If only he was Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Ryan Lamb. Right. Uh, you, you were talking about uh, the statistical thing that Saracens were using. Yes. That's quite an American approach, isn't it? It is. It well, is. here's my in- interpretation of this. This is why salary caps work and why you don't see it in football. Because they've only got, say, they've got five million to play with. They need to eke out every possible advantage they, they can get. Which is why they start going crazy and um, employing people like, I think, I think his name's Dr. Marrow. Who is the sports... Oh, sorry, are you, are, you, are you high and just made that up? Dr. No, 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 Dr. Marrow. Dr. Marrow learnt at the, at, at the knee of Billy Bean. <laughs> Gets even better, right? Billy Bean's a real person. For people that know who Bill, Billy Bean is, he's the guy from Moneyball for the Oakland A's. So wow. it's, it's one of his disciples. Now, if you're familiar with Moneyball, it's all about statistical approaches and, you know, making How's John Aubergine getting on these days? Say it? How's John Aubergine doing these days? Yeah. Okay, actually. <laughs> Danny Zucchini. So because of the salary cap, they're looking for all these weird and wonderful ways to improve what they do. And that's why it works. Yeah, and that and that's why I, I love the, the salary cap, cap approach. Well, I think this brings us on to this kind of. You mentioned Billy Bean and it, baseball and how it's quite an American approach. And there's something which Phil's heard about, which I think we need to talk about. Yes. Uh, so in Australia at the moment, in the uh, National Rugby 
Championship oh, or whatever yeah. it is called, the the low level. Ah. They're, they're trialing some new rules, one of which is decreasing the value of penalties and increasing the value of conversions. But another one that they're, they're not trying at the moment but has been muted is a three-point scoring play when you score a try. So you score a try, you have an option to take a two-point conversion or a three-point additional play that would be from either a scrum or a tap-and-go on the 22, and you can get an extra... Just one extra point for doing that, which is very similar to NFL. If you don't, if you don't know American football, it's six points for a touchdown, and then then you get the one point conversion in front of the sticks, or you can go for eight, but you have to do that with a, a play that isn't a kick. Now, get into the end zone. I don't again. think this is r- as ridiculous well, as people think. Well, let's. I'm going to put you on the clock, so we're going to debate. Oh, we're going to debate sorry. this in two minutes and two minutes only, and then we've got to come to a decision about what we think. Go, Jay. History time, gentlemen. Uh, try was originally meant to mean that you could try to uh, try to have a kick. Yeah. So I don't think it's that ludicrous that a try now means that you can now go and have a try to have another try. So <laughs> it, it's, it's, a lo- it's a logical progression. Um, well, but what about the fact that the two games, whilst there are similarities, an egg-shaped ball and lots of physical contact, they're not the same. And rugby is phases of play, whereas NFL is individual plays which have a start and have an end you could play for 10 minutes that would be my concern uh, Phil. yes and that would be a concern but i still think um by making it only one point it means that you'll it'll be used very rarely and it will be used in uh times when the end of a game when you're eight points down you go for that play because you can potentially when it'll create much more drama and tension jb not only do i want to um include this i also want the referees to th- to throw flags instead of use a whistle, um, I want um, I want the referee to be challenged like they are in the NFL by coaches. Uh, yes, I want a, a coach challenge. Actually, I don't know why we just don't wear helmets. Still, I think it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going slightly off topic. I'm just going to come back to and, and kind of reiterate the same point I, I made a moment ago. Uh, what would happen is you could score a try and then you could take a tap and go from the 22. Ten minutes later, you could potentially be in the same phase of play. That after each try you're going to be completely confused about where you are in the game what is going on because it's a new multiple phases I'm not sure you can do it what do you reckon surely that's got to be a, well, an issue do you know what let's go from big to small hey let's get rid of the knock on before we start adding, <laughs> a, adding extra points <laughs> I, I, I think you'd either have to put a, like a two minute time limit on it or the, what's been proposed is as soon as it's knocked on, ball kicked out of play, there's any change in the who, who has possession of the ball or anything like that, it immediately stops and you go back to a restart like you, you normally would. I have but a... I, I completely agree with your point. You see times, particularly at the end of the game where it's very close, where you do have 10 minutes... Pick and go. Pick and go, pick and go, pick yeah. and go. So, yeah, it, it's... If it's you trying could, to create more excitement, but it's and could you limit the number of phases? I don't know whether that would be a kind of rugby way to yeah, go. Yeah. Sort of, yeah, I, I, I think I think two minutes is quite a good way. I do like the fact that it's only one additional point. Yeah. So you would because of the risk. Yeah, you wouldn't. You would only use it like um, was it England New Zealand where England ended up losing by one point. They scored a try with, yeah. a, with a minute to go. They, they took the kick as fast as they could to like make sure they could get the restart. But then this would have created oh, good, imagine. good, yeah. Two minutes on the clock to score. Oh, it would have been a great spectacle, try. amazing spectacle. Um, but on the flip side, we were just talking about how to outsiders, and again, we're trying to grow the game, and you guys are going to Chicago mm. in a few weeks mm-hmm. to watch USA New Zealand. Apparently. It would just be another barrier for people not to understand what the hell's going on and why. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe. Possibly. But I'm all for, a question for novel, novel ideas. You two, but I know you don't know the answer. So I'll open it up to the podcast listeners. Find out who proposes these law changes. Because they need to get Is hold of... Is it the of... IRB? I don't know, but there must but be some It's got to be someone... Within or... the IRB. Because I would love to see your knock-on rule trialled. Yes. And, and again, yeah. and, and again if sure. you need to listen back to a previous podcast. Me and Phil at first thought JB was completely bonkers, but more explanation, and it kind of makes a little bit of sense. There should, what, would they, what would it be like if there was no knock-on in rugby? And it's um, it, it would be more open, be more, more fluid, less game. scrums. Yeah, that's less, not, that's not necessarily an, an advantage, Joe. Mm, but that does make it easier for people to understand. And it makes less it safer. Scrimmaging. I mean, less scrummaging is a safer game. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying it would make it a better game, but I'm saying I would love to see yes. what happened. And again, if it's the first time you've heard anyone suggest it, it seems like a totally bonkers idea. Players it seems very, very sensible. I mean, I played th- uh, this weekend, then I came on at flank. 
which is unusual for me because I've you know, been playing in front row. I was the only back sub, uh, and I came on at six. Uh, <laughs> 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 at six and eight, I played on weekend. But anyway, the point was, the scrums were actually a bit of a rest. You know, you'd have to be considerably fitter if there were less scrums. They are if you're a flanker, maybe more so than if you're a front if row. You, yeah. Do you reckon David Wilson rests while the scrums are going on or for, <laughs> the, for the rest of the, uh, for the, rest of the time? I'm not sure which one Kyle Sinclair does. He, his face at the end of that match... He got smashed. He got smashed by a guy two years ago who was playing for Jersey. Exactly. Yeah. As you would say, Jay, he got taken to the woodshed. For some two-by-four. <laughs> for some two-by-four. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if he's a really talented player who's just not quite fulfilling his potential or if he's just not very good. Well, Esther, you've no. got an interesting point, uh, JB, about the, the Quinn's pack and the Sarri's pack from Friday uh, night's yes. game. But we'll get into that in just a minute. Well, after a little light interlude, I reckon, and just a quick heads up, um, it's at Rugby Podcast. You can find us on Twitter. And last week we were saying that we hope to have Jeb Sinclair on today's podcast. But... He is currently, as we record this, on a plane heading back from Newcastle to London after London Irish's victory against Newcastle mm. at Kingston Park. And uh, and that means we can't talk to him, but it's definitely on for next Sunday. Potentially, he's going to be inducted into Banter Squad. Run! Um, along with Nick Cummings, Joe Marler and Donico Callahan and Nigel Owens. But we mentioned it last week, James Haskell is buying a one-way ticket into Banter Squadron. And in the last week... He's definitely circling his uh, Spitfire around ba- Banter Squadron airfield. It is. It's <laughs> almost like he heard us talking about his potential entry into Banter Squadron because we, oh, we, we recorded it on Sunday evening. We were like, James Haskell, he's, he's getting close to Banter Squadron. Monday morning, and James Haskell is tweeting, check this out, I'm on a brand new Don't Drop the Egg. I, I love that. I absolutely love it. Which, if you've not, I mean, it's only had 784 views on YouTube, which is a disgrace. What, the new one? The new one. You need to go and look at it, basically. We will tweet it out at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, but it's Don't Drop the Egg. Now, I don't know who these guys are that make it, but. I think they went to school with Benders. Benders! Uh, I absolutely love that. <laughs> it's all about who you know, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so they, they, they made this little kind of fake documentary video thing and James Haskell features in it and let's just enjoy a little snippet of it. This is arriving at James Haskell's house. Hello mate. It's James Haskell. Haskell. Hi Haskell. Hello mate. All right. Oh you smell real good. Mate, so strong. So Rob Shaw, captain, won't let me play, still in my life. I haven't shagged the bird in a year. I'm just saying that. Oh, I have. I live in the gym. That's some people's dreams. That's a nightmare. Yeah. Honestly, it's a nightmare, right? I haven't got a kitchen. Yes, you do. No, no, that's a speaker. Oh, yeah. No bed, wooden floor. Got your name on it. I flip rock bottom. Lancaster's not call me. I've got no friends. Uh, he's, he's very self-deprecating. Uh, he's a bit of a natural. He's he's going to have a long career after rugby. Is, is Haskell? I think so. And uh, he's got some top banter. Banter. So next week for Jay, uh, Jeb Sinclair and maybe a future inductee into Banter Squadron. We James really Haskell. We should get um, a compilation of all the best bits of Johnny Wilkinson's um, uh, interviews and try and get him into Banter Squadron. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the funniest thing that we've ever done. I like protein. Oh my uh, goodness! Have you seen a Hask? His uh, warm-up. Have you, seen the t- have you seen the picture on Twitter of his warm-up? No, I have no idea. James, ha- James Haskell has retweeted it an hour ago. Let's see then. And it's someone called Vicky, Vicky Crow, who said the highlight of today, and that's referring to the Wasps-Northampton match, was definitely James Haskell handstanding during warm-up. So look. <laughs> Serious talent, techers. And then look, this is James Haskell in his warm-up. That's easy enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do I just do it now? Go on, Jay. Okay. Just do it now. I just do, do it now. Go on. Go on, then. <laughs> Go on, then. Just, okay. uh, should we uh, should I just yeah, get a video of it? Guess I will. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're, you're showing how easy it was of James Haskell to have done that. Just uh, put it onto video mode and then record JB. Ready? Yeah, go on. Oh, God, I've not done this for a while. Uh. Whoa. Oh, hello. Ah. <laughs> 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 All right, fair enough. Yeah, fine. If I can do it, I'm a prop. There you go. Damn, that hurt my toes, though. Is that, is that jiu-jitsu? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's quite impressive, that. that. Is, he, is he doing that because it's a genuine warm-up, or is he doing that just so he can show everyone at the... Abs? Show off. You reckon? Yeah. And, uh, and he's seven seconds ago, James Haskell has just tweeted a picture of his uh, Domino's Hawaiian pizza. 
This is post-match nutrition. He doesn't really? eat that. He's that's, not eating that, it. That's his, I'm guessing that's his, like, we've just won cheat meal. No, nah, he's got it. It off, That's the bus driver's. So he's it's not, Andy Goods. <laughs> mm, what are you saying? That's yeah. what, it's hard I to did, believe. I did read an, uh, an interview with him the other day. He got asked um, if he wants KFC or McDonald's, and he said he prefers McDonald's. Wow. If he's uh, feeling naughty. So naughty. So wow. naughty. <laughs> so naughty. Uh, now, uh, JB, uh, let's go back to Friday night's annihilation of Quinns by Saracens and an interesting observation. Yes. So, I know this is very Quinns heavy now, uh, but I kind of thought, watching Saracens, how good are they really? Are they really very good? Or are Quinns just falling to pieces? So I decided to have a look at the Quinns team, who they played, and I thought I'd look at the Quinns team that won the league a few years ago. And you'll be surprised to hear they are there. There's only six changes, so that's Saracens from team the, from the whole from team. From the whole team, from the from starting fifteen. Yeah. So the wings would have been different because you obviously didn't have Yard and Lindsay Hague's young. Yeah. They had Ollie Cohn playing instead of Charlie Matthews, mm-hmm. and they had uh, the big. Is it Samoan? Yeah. Yeah. Him. Uh, but now you've got Matt Hopper, who... Uh, everyone, Luke Wallace. Luke, Luke Wallace, sorry, who everyone loves. And, of course, of course, there's also Carl Sinclair. But actually, it's the core of a team. Sinclair, would it have been Johnson? Yes. James Johnson. James Johnson. Yeah. So what you've got is this Quinns team, which three years ago, everyone's saying, not only are they champions, they're really young and they're only going to get better. But maybe from the evidence that we saw this time round, they've not. They've actually regressed. Well, do you know what? The... Two of the let's pick up let's pick up on two of the players that were in the Quinns pack that you just mentioned when they won. Between them would be forty stone, uh, more than forty, more stone. than forty stone. Yeah. Ollie Cohn and James Johnson, and in their place, a very promising but very young, and he got schooled by another youngster, um, Kyle Sinclair, and Charlie Matthews. You're trading forty odd, forty plus stone worth of just ugly brute. Oli Cohn was never a great player, no, player anyway. Oli Cohn was important for that Quinn's pack. Yeah. Because he did a lot of work mm. that allows other players to play in the way that they play. The other thing with, with that performance, I don't think um, Quinn's will get beaten like that at all again this season. I think Saracens had really done their homework, as you are saying, with the stats yep. thing. And the way that they defended was very interesting. It's, it's the way they did against Claremont last year. Because they know how the Quinns play that offloading game. Mm-hmm. So they were just throwing one man into the rook, which was often Will Fraser, who's very good at it. But besides that, they were just getting guards in immediately, not competing the rook, just let them have the ball, guards in to stop that dangerous offload and, and the quick... It, it allows them quick ball, but it nullifies the effect of the quick ball, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And they did that brilliantly. Yeah. And, and what I noticed to add to that, Phil, is... They were really good at identifying when it was on to throw more bodies in. So when someone mm. put in a ma- massive hit and hit them back behind the game line, then all of a sudden you'd have three, four Saracens players flying in, yeah. taking the chance when when it was on, which just is really well-coached, yeah. intelligent players. The wolf pack mentality, the defence on the line. Let me talk about the wolf pack mentality <laughs> for just a minute, because I came by some information. I've just come from a christening in Watford, and um, a lot of the people that were there live in St Albans. Oh, yes. Ah. St Albans is kind of the heartland of Saracens. It is, yeah. It's where they train. And it's uh, also near the hotel where the England squad train. The Grove, is it? The, the England squad, quite often before Twickenham matches, they'll spend the yeah. night. They'll, they'll train at the Grove. Right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's also the place where an England player, part of the Wolfpack, had a wedding. Ooh. And I heard some stories about that wedding. Please tell us. I did see on Twitter that Chris Ashton got married over the summer. Was, oh, really? Did was, you? Could, yeah, coincidentally, no, perhaps. No, co- no comment. No comment. <laughs> no comment. But um, all, 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 what, I'm, I, I'm, I suppose I need to be careful of uh, defamation. Oh, just tell us, Tim. <laughs> I need to be careful of defamation. I need to be careful. Do you want, do you want, do you want to tell me and I'll tell them? No, no, no. <laughs> all, all I can say is there probably weren't dwarfs serving drinks. Wow. <laughs> who, then, who then late in the evening uh, left because they were being thrown. Probably didn't happen. Probably didn't happen. <laughs> what? Did these people not learn? <laughs> <laughs> there probably wasn't the most number of complaints of any event that the, some of the staff can remember at that venue. Um, there probably wasn't police turning up. And there, pro- there probably wasn't stories of very, very loud shenanigans going on in bedrooms. Did my Phillips go? 
<laughs> Go to what? I don't know. I'm, I don't talking, know. I'm, I'm talking about some hypothetical. Wait, if you're a dwarf, right, and <laughs> current England international calls up and says, Do you want to come and serve drinks? Don't for a second think they're calling you because they think you're an excellent bartender. That is very far down the list of priorities. All of the, you do, of England squad. all you do, your references and go. Hold on, was and they this, throw things was this one? Of the, was this one of the England players who was on the World 2011? 2011 yeah. World and Cup? It's not like the dwarf community is a large community. I mean, these stories. Well, get literally, around. no, they're not. Yeah, I mean, these stories are going are gonna, to like <laughs> circulate um, and get around. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be that shocked. That's what I'm saying. Well, anyway, I, 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 I haven't said anything uh, incriminating because I don't know what the facts are. I've I, I just speculated about what probably didn't happen. Mm. Um, shall we Shall we move on? Let's do that. Mm. Shall we move on? Well, actually, while we're on the subject of... Dwarfs? Yeah, let's talk about Mickey Young. No. Um, <laughs> Alex Corbusier, did you see him on rugby tonight? I've not actually seen it. I couldn't bring myself to watch. I have. Um, this, this was a beautiful thing, uh, and, we got, and you'd have to go back to 2009 for this. Keep it kind of quiet, people, people on, on a diet. diet. Scrum it straight, turn it right. I don't deny it. Test me, try, try it. it. Stoggy, don't buy try it. it. I'm going to grab the microphone. That, of course, is something we featured many, many times on the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. Alex Corbiziero rapping back in his London Irish days. And uh, he said he did it on his England in- initiation. Uh, there's a little clip of him in 2012 with Ben Foden. The hip-hop rock is in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing? Oh, no. Wins first. <laughs> Ball in the hand, just playing for the rose. One more game, grand slam, we must dispose. People looking at us, rows and rows, rows. Here to see the hip-hop start to flow, flow. But when I start to flow, you know I still the show. <laughs> So that's him after uh, playing for England in 2012 and then uh, on Monday night, the new night for the BT Rugby Tonight programme, mm. uh, he did it again. <laughs> Bear in mind he was doing this for charity as well. It was a nice touch. Oh, tonight, here tonight to reach all the highest of heights. I got my man Lewis here and he shining so bright. And everything come again because when my body's in sight, I got the London, I got the noise set in place. I'm just spraying the paint, I'm just bringing the hate. Oh. I'm a heavyweight here to set them straight when I eliminate. <laughs> What's going to Orlando? Me, I like my chicken because I eat a lot of Nando. <laughs> <laughs> Was the laughter more about Nando's, Nando's. references? I yeah. love Desperately I... trying to get a black card, he's called. <laughs> that's going to age so badly, that clip. <laughs> Bayfield and Dawson, like, clapping along. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that. Uh, I, I enjoyed, enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot, but like you say, it'll be interesting to see what they make of that in, like, five years from now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's... oh, good on him. Uh, right, now, Phil has been working tirelessly. Axe to the grindstone, and this guy spends three days of the week travelling to and from Manchester to London. Where he finds the time, I will never know, because when he's not watching rugby or travelling or painting his uh, missus' house, (laughs) then uh, he's coming up with great stuff like this. So Phil has the list of the best nicknames in rugby. I've got nine. Oh, almost the top ten. Almost the top ten. So there we go, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. We need one more that's good enough for the list to complete a top ten, but off you go, Phil. (laughs) Okay, wow. So, at number 10, we've got Adam Jones. What, number 9? Oh, sorry, at number 9, Adam Jones. <laughs> I've this before. Who is uh, called Heather from EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> is that, that's, a, that's a bona fide nickname. That's awesome. Uh, yes. I love it. It I, is. I wouldn't call it to, him to his face, but... Uh, right, well, he's not going to catch you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at number 8, he was mentioned by Marlon Yards in a discussion with me. Luke Tarzan Wallace. Nice. Yeah, like that. At number seven, we've got an old old school Australian number nine. He was Nick Kick Too Far Jones. Uh, <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit cheesy. Where are you getting these from? Uh, <laughs> very limited research. At number six, Cannonball Ken Owens. Batter. I like that. Well, uh, where's that come from? Just, he's just, just the way he plays. I, yeah, I think I, I guess it must do. Fair enough. Uh, one, another one, another Welsh player. I'd be interested to find out where it comes from. Is Luke Longdog Charteris? Ah, Longdog. I don't know why is that. Then? Tim, you know, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, you I, met him a few times. I, I've played rugby with Luke Charteris at university. Long dog. What, what, what do they mean? It could be referring to a, to it could be referring to the fact he's seven foot tall, but tries to pretend he's six foot ten. He is easily <laughs> seven foot, and I couldn't possibly comment as to what else it could be. Oh, couldn't well, possibly well, comment. Well, but we'll speculate. Good on nickname. That. Good nickname. At number four, another EastEnders character. Nick Easter is minty. (laughs) Excellent. I've got two rugby league players. I'll go for a number three. We've got Martin Chariots O'Fire. Nice. Excellent. excellent. Who did play a little bit of rugby union in his time? Wasps. At number two, one of my favourite players, Cuddles. Cuddles. Is Jamie Cudmore. Ah, Jamie Cuddles Cudmore. Your man crush. Um, And then at number one, I'm going for an Australian rugby league player called Matt Hilda. Whose nickname was Waltzing Matt nice. Hilda. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Is he li- you missed some obvious ones there. There's loads of obvious ones. Well, uh, obviously, there's Mr. 12 Trees. Yeah, 36. 36. 36. <laughs> uh, you missed Tom Voice, the crowbar. He <laughs> Tom all... Voice, the crowbar. the crowbar. Yeah, it's something to do with, the, with, with how he scored tries. Let's get the crowbar in there. Harvey. Who was um, <laughs> Stefan Armitage? Uh, Why is that? I don't I understand that one. I don't no. get that either. Um, is uh, oh, um, Harvey, that East oh. E seventeen guy? Maybe it's about Brian Harvey. Brian did did, did Stefan Armitage run himself over in a car whilst he was eating a baked potato like Brian Harvey? Is that where it comes from? Wow. Do you know what? Sometimes when I feel like having a, having a, a day when it's just one of them days when everything's going wrong and. You know what I mean? You're just getting a bit stressed out. I sometimes think about Brian Harvey eating a baked potato, falling out of his own car and running over uh, himself. I've seen just, it just makes me sound like, you know what, it's all right. I've yeah, watched my dad fine. run himself over. You what? I've watched my dad run himself over. <laughs> what? How? What? He, we used to have a, uh, one of the old Montego estate cars and he's trying to jumpstart it and we've got a hill where our house is. And he slipped out, slipped out, of, out of the car and the car uh, ran over his ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Harvey managed to his ankle and hit a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Harvey managed to run over his back and yeah. head. Did he really? Yeah. yeah, whilst eating a baked potato. <laughs> wow. It's something like he'd eaten too many baked potatoes oh. and he and he and he lent he lent half his car to be sick. <laughs> And just went under the back Jesus wheels. Jesus Christ, it's <laughs> horrific. <laughs> so anyway, but to pretend well, the point, that, 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 that must be why Stephen Armitage got his name. It must be some escapade yeah. with a baked potato. It's the only reason I could think he'd be called Harvey. Well, Definitely. Christian Wade missed the match this week because he had a, a car crash. Yeah. Yeah, but luckily he's all right. I'm just trying try, try to think of, think of some other nicknames. Uh, Kevin Morgan was the knife because he used to cut lines. Uh, I like that. That is that's, that's a pretty good one. There was one for Corey Britton, but I just can't remember well, the, it. The, chiro, the chiropractor, Brian <laughs> Chiro, Lima. Brian yeah, Lima. that's a good oh, one, actually. That, see, that, would, that, that could complete your ten. Yeah. And there's got to be more. There, oh, there'll, there'll, there'll be, be loads, loads more. more. Yeah, I wrote that very quickly on the, on the train. Uh, like, to the we could tell. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck some more in the hat, and, and then we'll have the proper definitive yes. top ten Victor next week. Victor Meldrew. Victor Meldrew. Who's that? Richard Hill. <laughs> OK, yeah. Uh, there was loads. What the old, the old Saracens yeah. in England player, or the Bristol and Worcester head off. coach? Uh, no, the number six, one of the best flankers of all time, the silent assassin. Exactly. Yeah, there's loads. I think there's some more. Yeah, you do that, Jake. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't prepare for the podcast. <laughs> uh, right, let's get into looking ahead. So we've looked backwards, and I appreciate that, that on this week's particular podcast, um, it's beyond the scope. Such were the amount of matchups. Uh, we couldn't possibly talk in depth about every game, uh, but we're going to look forward and, and hopefully give your club a bit of attention right now. Let's start with the Pro 12. What I'm really loving is the competitiveness of the games. I did not see that uh, Cardiff Blues defeat to Glasgow. Well, you did, not, JB. You, you called, yeah, didn't you? Not, a, not such a comprehensive yeah, win exactly. by Glasgow. And who'd have thought that Edinburgh would have lost at home to Connacht? I know. A lot of injuries for Edinburgh. Were there after yeah, well, their, their but performance last to week? reiterate what we've been saying for a, f- a few weeks now is the, the competitiveness and the, the players that, and what's on the line every Pro 12 match is making it an infinitely better it is, competition. It is very weird caring about the Pro 12. <laughs> it's odd. It's a, it's, um, it's a new look for JB, but he's, uh, he's wearing it well. I did read an article the other day that said this will... This change to the Pro 12 will now nullify the Irish dominance or the past dominance in the Heineken Cup because they won't be able to rest players mm. the week before mm. un- unless they, they are uh, considerably well, further ahead. they will be able to because Connacht will never make the Heineken Cup, so don't worry about it. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter because, of course... It's one from each nation. It's one from each nation, isn't it? And then the next 
two or the next three. Oh, right. Yeah, the, yeah. So, yeah. Somebody could. There's every chance. How did it all still go? They won, uh, didn't they? Beat Zebra comfortably. Uh, no, five and, Andrew, Andrew Not Trimble emphatically, looked, but comfortably. Andrew Trimble looked very good. Did he? Yeah, really did. He, he looked awesome last year for Ireland. He, he looked really good on Friday night. And you, you called it again, JB. Not only are you enjoying the Pro 12, you're picking your winners in the Pro 12 because exactly. you, you backed the youngsters of Ospreys to beat the journeymen of the Dragons. Yep. Well, what, what matchup would you go with? Ospreys, Edinburgh? I, I probably would Connor say... Connor Leinster? I, I probably would say Cardiff, Ulster. Because um, Cardiff, uh, at home again, on the back of a, a bad defeat, they've really got to got to do something. Yeah. And Ulster are a very good team. Um, yeah. Very, very good team. Lots of uh, strength and depth, lots of young talent. Lots of fine, upstanding supporters. Yeah, yes, very Septum. good support. Septum sounds like the thing and you know that you lose when you do too much cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's quickly rattle through this. Munster, uh, they've been, again, not quite as impressive as they have been, but Munster, Zebra, you'd have to say Munster at home, obviously. Yeah, yeah both uh, Irish teams still searching for a win. When are the, the Italians going to be any uh, good? Sorry, both Italian teams still searching for a win. Well, Treviso competed quite well. Uh, Connor Leinster, Connor at home off the back of a good victory. Leinster, very good performance, though, against Scarlets to put 40 points on them. Yeah, I'll go Leinster. Yeah, I think Leinster. Leinster should have enough. Dragons, Glasgow. Mm, you'd have to Glasgow. Have Glasgow again, you yeah. would, wouldn't you? That'd be uh, three victories for Glasgow if, if they win that. Scarlets to beat Treviso at home. Yes, I'll go for that. And Ospreys Edinburgh. I'd probably just edge an eight-away win with that one. Would you? That Ospreys depends on the in- injury front for, home, yeah. for, for, for Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go Ospreys home victory for Ospreys. And then our our pick of the round: Blues, Cardiff Blues against Ulster. No, we know what Phil's going to pick, so let's deal with that. He'll pick an Ulster. Obviously, a fantastic Ulster, Ulster uh, victory. Ulster for me. I'm going to go Ulster. Mm. Simple as. Uh, let's move into the Aviva Premiership. Friday night. Ah, yes, that's better. Friday, Friday night, night lights, Gloucester, Exeter. Yeah. Exeter. Oh, where are they playing? At Gloucester. Exeter. Um, Exeter, good performance against Leicester. Too. Yeah, really strong. Only narrowly lose, and they arguably could have won it if uh, a few other decisions had gone their way. Mm. Um I do like that Exeter team. Gloucester, obviously a good performance against Sale. So in front of their the shed, Exeter, Gloucester. I'm going to say Exeter. Uh, I'm going to go Gloucester. Mm, uh, into Saturday, Sale, London, Welsh regulation. Let's play our game of high or low. Gonna... Will they score more or less than Bath against London Welsh? Less, less. L- I think it's going to be twenty-five nine. To Sale. Mm. Excellent. I think Sale will get a bonus point victory. They won't score against Sale, I don't think. Do As in the try. I don't think they'll score a try. Mm. Uh, their attack was, was good. Their, yeah, their but back Sale three look, love defending. London Welsh's back three look, look pretty dangerous. Sale do love a bit of defence, that's fair. Yeah, true. Quinn's Wasps. Quinn's this is a... so hard to call because Wasps are a different oh, team. Wasps, easy. Uh, from what I've seen... Uh, no, actually, that's not true. I'd say Wasps easily, but I don't mean that at all because I thought the Quinn's performance was actually very good. Just the Saracens was exceptional. But I did not think Quins were good. I no. thought Jordan Turner, Jordan Turner Hall dropped the ball on numerous occasions. So yeah, did. but they've still, you know, they've still got Danny Kerr. They've still got yeah. You know, when the, when the injuries happened, that's when it all fell to pieces. I think they just lost the collision all night. Yeah, and they look they look good in the second half. They had the ball on the Saracens line for twenty minutes when they and Saris had a man in the bin and they still couldn't score. Uh, it was almost yeah. certainly part of the Saris plan there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, it's hard to call because that's a really difficult one. I, yeah. think. I think Wasps. I think Wasps are looking very, very strong. They've beefed up their pack. They've beefed up their tight five, and they've got some very dangerous outside backs. Yeah, and Andy Good pulling the strings. I, Wasps, I, I think. I just worry about the middle of the pack for Quinns. As we these yeah. are, we talked about this before the season started, the middle of the pack, the second row for Quinns, and the middle of the back, the backs, the centres for Quinns. They were two areas. We said big yeah. question marks over that. I'm not sure they're quite got the Who strength needs they need. A second row more, Quinns or Gloucester? Uh, Gloucester, probably Gloucester slightly more because Quinns first two are decent, but they've got no depth at you all. See, yeah, I mean, what what happened if Robson was injured? Yeah, I well, don't Nick, even know. Nick, Nick Eastwood going. Nick Eastwood row, step like, up, like happened last season. Yeah, ooh, they yeah. need some second rows. Yes, they've got, they've got some young guys coming through. But um, I think what Phil said earlier in the podcast is right. The Quins won't play that badly again. I'm just going to go gut feeling. Quins will nick it. I think. I think Wasps will continue their very good start to the season. I think mm. Wasps will win. London Irish Saracens. It's Saracens. Saracens. 
Interesting. Like Newcastle, fair play to them. They got a few tries. They've, they've scored. They scored three tries at home against the Irish, and it was it was the uh, the kicking, the kicking that let them down. Uh, they, didn't, de- they didn't convert any tries. Had they have converted one, one or more, they'd have got at least a draw, possibly a win. Any Dean Ryan news? As in, has he won a game yet? Yeah, yes, they beat yes, they, they beat Mosley. Oh, well done, well done, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, Dean Ryan was saying how proud he was to be part of a match as great as the Bristol one. He lost. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dean Ryan. I like him. Um, right then, Newcastle Northampton on Sunday. Another home match for Newcastle. Uh, North, Northampton. Oh, yeah. Saints or Newcastle. <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Bath versus Leicester is our tie of the round. It's on Saturday afternoon, three fifteen kickoff at the Wreck. It's it's an old, romantic, historic fixture. Christ, I wouldn't mind watching that. Do you fancy going to Bath to watch it? <laughs> I can't. I'm a sale. Watch. I'm a sale. Work, I'm, working at London. I'm, I'm working at London Welsh. Just. I'm assuming you were going to offer extend the invite. I can't. Uh, I, I won't be able to afford it. Unfortunately, this uh, these Chicago tickets have bankrupt me. You can come to sale and watch the London Welsh game if you're allowed out. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> if, if you, that's, that's to G, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> if you finish your painting, Phil, you can come to it. Uh... Uh, Bath Leicester. How do you see this one going? Oof, the packs are both very, very good. Mm. I think Bath will win it. Leicester's injuries, I think, are taking the toll. What's going It's so unfortunate for them again. Yeah. Carl mm. Ferns looked good. He he looked very good. And he's in the back row again. Yeah, he made he's got a very powerful try. He made a hell of a break for yeah. well, it was where Eastman almost scored. He came in and Atwood came in and beefed up that pack something. Yeah. And it's, already, it's it? already a big pack. It's already a pretty beefy pack, as it is. I think they're going to do stuff this year. I think it's going to be good. This is going to be a defining game for one of those teams. I, I think Bath will win it. At home, they've got most of their squad, albeit uh, Francois Lowe's obviously not available, Burgess isn't available. Yeah. Um, but the majority of the rest of them are playing, whereas Leicester have, again, got injuries. So. Hmm. Bath at home to, to edge it. Ford to make Leicester wish that they'd kept hold of him. Exactly what will happen. Bath victory. I can't I can't see past it. Although, uh, with Anthony Allen back in, it does look, and, yeah. and Matthew Tate, it does look a better Leicester back line. Yeah, it, it I does. I think the Bath pack is where the strength is. Leicester, I'm going to go Leicester. I'm just going to go Leicester. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at Leicester. I think they'll do it. Now, one of the reasons I, I didn't watch any rugby is because yesterday I took part in... Tough mudder. Mm. <laughs> I hasten to add, I did this um, because of work. I didn't pay my one hundred and forty pound. I hate tough mudder. Ent- entry so fee. Much. What? One hundred and forty pounds. Just jogged round the course next to it. God, I could get some lovely loke brogues for that. Uh, exactly. Uh, look, you give me fifty pounds, and I'll set hay- and I'll set fire to hay bales in your own garden. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're not, if you're not, not <laughs> familiar, if you're not familiar with tough mudder, I was doing it through work. I don't know what to say. I, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking as I was going round it. I'm missing all that wonderful rugby. That I'm missing. Why you use a BT I'm missing app? the rugby championship matches that we've not even talked about. Yeah. I'm missing the Aviva Premiership matches. And it's uh, so rubbish, isn't it? Tough Mudder. My, my advice would be: if you haven't done Tough Mudder and you've played rugby, don't do it. This is a sport which which requires zero dedication. Uh, you can you can wander around work and tell all the other midwives, you know. Exactly how much money you've raised for charity. It is utterly and totally pointless. Well, it, uh, I, I think that's maybe a bit harsh, but what I will say is, and if you don't know what it is, it's basically you, you run 12 miles around a, an obstacle course and you, for no particular re- good reason, you crawl through mud and wade through big mud You're going to get muddy, and that's been liberating. You, and you climb over like big wooden walls and stuff. It's basically, well, the way I would distill it down is it's it's exercise and fitness and sport for people that don't don't like competition, have never experienced com- competitiveness. Now, I'm all for, kind of, I ran the marathon, and that was just a battle against myself. I wasn't racing anyone else. That's actually but, hard, though, isn't but it? But it still had a time on it, and it still had, like, a, an end outcome, and a, the worst bit was you, 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 jump over, you jump over this wall, and you're all in, like, this pen like your sheep and you can't go anywhere before the start line and you, you're made to kneel down and make a pledge a Tough Mudder pledge that you won't tell anyone how terrible Tough Mudder is 
<laughs> and then it took five hours to get round this 12 mile course. Now five I, hours? I could run t- 12 miles in. Five hours? Of I this could run hell. 12 miles. I could run 12 miles in probably an hour and th- an hour and three quarters, something like that. And and I, it took me five hours to get around it because there's bottlenecks. All these obstacles you come to, where you have to wade through mud. And maybe the first one you have a bit of a crack, but by the third time you're wading through mud, you're like, I'm really a bit. I'm, I'm done with this. Look, I suppose. And there's a big bottleneck, uh, so you have to stand for where, waiting for 10 minutes. People come up to me and they say, or, you know, in a group of people, they'll tell you how tough, tough, uh, tough meadow is, because they've run by burning hay bales. Did you have the burning hay bales? There was no burning hay bales. Uh, and did you have the electrocution bit? Yeah, the electrocution bit at the end. That's right. like wires hanging down, and you have to run through this 20 metre little stretch where you do get electrocuted. It does feel, it does hurt a bit. It's like a little, uh, little jolt. Yeah. Yeah. It can't so, be anything dangerous. Uh, yeah. I mean, what I would do is I'd have a, I'd have a few more obstacles. I'd also make it mandatory. So in order to earn the tough meta status, at least two in 40 people should die in every event. <laughs> Just like a ratio. So you know it's good. Uh, I think, I I think, think t- two in 40 people is a little bit high, Dave. I think it is. Here's how I describe tough meta. And I don't want to say you're wrong or silly if you've done it and you enjoyed it. I think great because it's, it's physical. No, no, you don't, no, like you don't people. Jay. How it, can you? It's physical, it's physical exercise. No. And no, and it's, excuses. And it's a challenge, and it might be a good thing to do with your friends, a bit no. of fun, and you raise some money. Was it fun? Personally, I, I hated it. Here's how <laughs> I describe it. There's a certain group of people who incessantly take pictures of their breakfast and put and, and decide and then spend ten minutes deciding that. what Instagram filter they're gonna use before they upload it. This Tough Mudder appeared to me like it was just a little event for people to get a new Facebook profile picture. Yeah. If you're gonna define that. your life about it too like I say, two in every forty should die. And I I, <laughs> I also think that that it should be patrolled by a group of well-qualified marines who could capture people and hold them for six months at a time. Just <laughs> really... You know, Guantanamo give, Bay them. What, yeah. was that, what was that rugby player who uh, you always like to talk about that I always uh, censored Ma- you talking about? Fino Maka. Fino Maka, just like <laughs> hiding in a bush, camouflaged. <laughs> Why would Fino Maka be there? <laughs> don't know, Jay. Don't know. Don't know. Maybe you <laughs> need to listen to an earlier podcast for that. We'll be back on the next one. In the meantime, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, get in touch with us. Phil's got a train to catch to get back to London, so we best be off. In I've, a bit. Got, I've got Broncos Chiefs. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.